do a clap? We, all we do don't have to clap. We don't have to clap. We don't have to clap. No, the count. The count was the clap. Oh, okay. That's that's how it is. Well, you don't want you don't want to clap to like sync the audio files in the mix. But how? Th there's delay through Teams. Well, yeah. So the claps aren't going to be. Right. Oh, you mean like sync every sync everybody's audio to yeah, their yeah, visual? Yeah, your your audio. Sure. Anyone who wants to clap can clap. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. A, I'm not a professional podcaster. You guys are. The professional. <laughs> and we, I think we have our intro. What's up, long yeah. players? Welcome to the long play listening party, the show where we go deep on local music, writing, recording, inspiration, gear, whatever else sounds good to us. I'm Howie Howard from Mr. Furious Records. Whole crew is here. Royce the Wizard Diamond, how are you feeling? I'm doing great. How about you guys? We are good. Nate Holt, what's going on? Two thumbs up over here. And a special guest, one of my best friends, Drew Rudebush from Dark Satellites. We're going to be listening to David the Gnome's Adrenochrome Thunderdome. Here we go. My dudes. What's up? What's going on? Tell us about your uh, tiki beverage. Uh, this is just a bunch of rum and pineapple juice in a pineapple oh. glass with a blue umbrella. That'll do. That's yeah. umbrella's appropriate. I'm saying, <laughs> I'm saying goodbye to summer. There you go. Well, and uh, I wish we could say we're saying goodbye to the pandemic. It's lingering a little bit. David the Gnome's Adrenochrome Thunderdome is the second pandemic Dark Satellites record. Yeah, yeah, I guess you could say it's a uh, uh, pandemic redux for me. 2021 is the sequel to 2020, so, um, so I guess that's logical. The, yeah, that's yeah. the theme here. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, tell us, I mean, tell us, so the last one, uh, May You Live in Interesting Times, maybe tell us a little bit about like, may you live in interesting times very briefly. We did a show on that without you, uh, which, which was cool. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I'm almost a returning champion, but um, <laughs> I'm not. I, um, yeah, I think I, Till I, Willis has you beat slightly because he is actually on twice. Oh, OK. Well, he yeah, he's the Ken Jennings and. Uh, I'm probably the Mike Richards by the time this is all going to be done. Oh, uh, let's hope not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so how did, how did yeah. you get from may, may You Live in Interesting Times to the new one? Um, well, I, I just kind of perpetually have a bunch of unfinished music on my hard drive. And... New Dark Satellites records just come out whenever I get enough time to finish those files that are just kind of in progress over a number of years. Um, the 2020 record was an outlier. It just all happened spontaneously after um, the lockdown orders went through and we were just kind of all stuck at home. And uh, some friends of mine invited me to join a Facebook group where uh, they kind of do a challenge, like a monthly challenge, a songwriting thing. And that sort of made me 
get my studio kind of cleaned up and get things plugged in. And I don't know, like two months later, I had a full length Dark Satellites record. Yeah, I remember. I didn't really hear from you. Like, we didn't really talk kind of early, early lockdown, mid March 2020. Big, big COVID, everything locked down. And then I don't, I don't know when it was in mid May or early June or whatever. You kind of came out of the woodwork and were like, hey, I have a new Dark Satellites record done. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I, it just kind of happened. Um, so, when I started doing that record, um, what, probably the first song that really started taking shape was what turned into Well Hell on this record. It just didn't get finished. And I, I didn't finish it because I, I felt like I already had a cohesive full length. And I told myself I'd just put it out with the next bunch of songs. And so I was already kind of wanting to hurry up and finish at least that song while the while everything was fresh in my mind. But in November, I decided to pull the trigger on a, a new recording interface. And um, as I was setting that up and plugging in all the mics and just kind of doing line checks and experimenting with some of the new drum mics that I also picked up while I had decided to just spend all my money. <laughs> I just kind of started tracking drums and guitars and had some synths plugged in and I was just kind of seeing if, if, you know, how was, how did it sound? How's the multi-tracking latency? How's my workflow? Is this really worth all the money that I just spent? <laughs> and while I was doing all that, I just, you know, unsuspectingly, another couple of songs started taking shape and I kind of started poking around in my hard drive to try and find songs that I thought might fit. And uh, I had, I guess four other songs that I thought were close to being done and kind of thematically fit this record. So I finished those and now I have another one. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's all kind of a continuum 2020 to 2021. Uh, not just the tenor of our lives in general, but just my studio activity over the last couple years. It's just all kind of bled together. Yeah, like this is uh, this is like my uh, my Berlin period, I guess. Or uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> maybe I'm more like Insane Clown Posse. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, this first track was one that just kind of happened on accident. Like, it's another kind of thing where I was just plugged in and playing around with some things, and a theme came up and just developed it. Yeah, so it kind of opens the record, and then uh, we'll jump into Well Hell. And let's, uh, let's let kind of the first verse and chorus go for Well Hell, because I, be I won't be able to hear it.
This is an MS-20. tendency of just doing one take on a solo and hating it at first and then after I spend a thousand hours mixing the song it just it's it just is it is what it is and sometimes that man that happens a lot man sometimes you just like you yeah. get used to something and it starts making sense to you and then it's it yeah <laughs> yeah it's like I like it, it makes sense to me man I'm living with it yeah um, on the last record, uh, on that last track, Seven Mountains, I did like 11 takes of the guitar solo. <laughs> and like I spent a whole afternoon tracking guitar solos and I sat down and I listened to each one of those all the way through. And I just went and I picked the first one that I did. It's almost like uh, a law of thermodynamics that in here, if I, like the more takes of the solo I do, the more committed I end up being to the very first one. So I might as well just use the first one. Unless it's like this one and there's two solos going in this <laughs> <laughs> What went down, like what order was the song recorded in? Because you're not, it's not always drums first for you. Sometimes it's bass first, sometimes it's guitar first. I had in my hand when the song started to take shape. For this, it was bass. So I did the bass guitar to a click track. And, uh, and then I did the drums. And I think I'm, I might have punched in and fixed a couple things on the bass. Uh, and then from there, it was just, I did some guitars and, you know, it's guitars, synths, vocals, more synths, more guitars, more vocals, just in whatever order I need in order to get it done. No, man, I was going to agree with you about take after take. It's a lot of the times it feels like you get further and further away from what you're really kind of feeling uh you know originally so yeah 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 i mean i think uh spontaneity and um you know just i i think the like a laid back kind of you, you can you can hear it when somebody's overthinking it because they're just kind of tense and you you know I, I I like to think that one of the main reasons that it's okay for me to like do all this stuff in my studio without paying a professional to record is that 
I then have the benefit of like just doing everything at my ultimate leisure. Yeah. And just things always happen better when they're done by accident. I think the reason, I think the reason that I got that May You Live an Interesting Times record done and it worked out so well is because I'd had zero preconceptions about what I was setting out to do. And each song started just totally unconsciously. It was all just an accident. And I just happened to have um, the computer recording at the time. So it kind of had its own its own sound and and um, and mood, just because it was so kind of unassuming and laid back. All right. You said you got a new interface last yeah. year. What what did you get and, and why did you get it? Um. Uh, first of all, shout out to Howie's drumming on this track. He uh, nice. Brought the he brought the heat, um, but uh, yeah, I got a Antelope Orion 32 plus Gen 3 interface. Uh, it's 32 line inputs, which was the main draw for me because I like to have all my instruments mic'd up and ready to go, so that I can do things like make an entire album by myself while being spontaneous and and not having the gear get in the way. So I've got all my amps mic'd up, I got my drum kit mic'd up, I've got um, I've got all the all my synths patched in pretty much immediately. I got my bass ready to go. Uh, I love I that stuff to, man. Yeah I don't have I to go it. back and like move tables around and, and plug things in and like, you know, set the gain staging. It's just all ready to go. So That's great, dude. That so yeah. did Howie put your drums on uh like that are in your room behind you on this? Um no, we only use that drum kit. I think that drum kit is only it only appears on Well Hell and Can Halen 2. Okay. The, on I did the drum I mean it was years ago. It was in Olathe. Yeah, but we use oh. Matt's yeah. It was a vintage, like, water clear Vista light. Okay, so really this, this was recorded a long time ago. Yeah, this was recorded in 2015, 2016 oh, wow. okay. at my old house in Overland Park. That's I moved, man. Yeah, I moved out here in 2018. Okay. So, so the record, Nate, spans, you know, at least. That six years, right? 2015 or so. So like, well, hell was last year and this year. So it's a, it's a pretty, and there's some, at least one of the other songs is older. Well, I guess two others, because the one Matt played on is older too. Wow, wow. But uh, Drew, you got to tell Royce, what did the Orion replace? It was a, uh... It was a Digi-Design 003 rat. <laughs> so it's pretty old. I hear you. Just, just uh, one step up. Royce and I are keeping the, the 001 Brotherhood going. <laughs> They're like one step up. 
Yeah, I so I bought my uh, I bought my 003 and an old Power Mac G5 um, from a pawn shop in Atlanta over eBay in 2011, 10 years ago. And at that time, it was already a five-year-old rig. Um, and it came with some beats. Um, yeah, I, I bought it. It was previously owned by some Atlanta rapper. I think he was named PK. PK, yeah, that's uh, it. PK, yeah, he had some beats and he had a bunch of promotional photos on the on the computer. Um, I still have it. I still have all this because I still have a bunch of old things I recorded that I still have to transfer over. So um, I've still got uh, PK's uh, archives if he ever gets in touch with me and <laughs> wants to. You know, clear the clear the vault. Yeah, PK, get get at us. We have your stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was it was old when I got it, and it was just starting to be too much of a limitation. Like the processing power wasn't there. It was so tedious. By the time I got to the end of a of a mix. Oh, so you have had a new machine as well. Oh yeah, I got a new computer. I got a Mac Mini 2018 model. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Man, join the club. That's what worse than I. Yeah. Uh, right? Yeah, yeah, I love I love the compute that computer. It's got 64 gigs of RAM. Yeah. And uh, it just it doesn't it doesn't flinch. I've no, got that's, layers that's layers and layers of sound toys plugins going on every yeah. mix and it just handles it like a champ do you record in reaper then yeah i, I use reaper so i had been using pro tools um i like reaper a lot better and mix wise uh this was hybrid mix right like you went out to the soundtracks board yeah um, yeah, so I've got the 32 channels, but, um, on the mixer, I'm actually using the 24, it's a 24 channel mixer with an eight channel, uh, or with four stereo groups that you can mix down to, oh, Okay. but all the channels have line outs, so I'm using those as preamps. So I got 24 preamps on the board that have EQ. And so I'm using that on the front end while I'm recording. And then on the analog outs from the Orion, I'm taking eight channels into the uh, stereo subgroups on the mixer, which have their own uh, line inputs. So you, you can take any channel on the mixer and send it to one of the one of the mix groups, but you can, you can also inject a line level signal into each channel of the of the group. So it's like eight bonus channels on the mixer. Gotcha. <laughs> so I've got four I've got four stereo stems that are going into and just basically an analog summing stage. To just to kind of give it a little bit of glue just at the very end of the of the signal chain and um, 
Now it gives me a, a good opportunity to use the, the antelope effects. Like the Orion has an onboard FPGA that runs, that powers uh, some proprietary plugins that antelope uh, sells. They have really good emulations of like uh, analog gear. It's it's kind of a competitor to Universal Audio. Yeah, the stuff yeah. that it's a similar lineup of, of uh, plugins. But I use like a, a 1073 and um, and a uh, like a Fairchild 670 on pretty much each stereo bus. So like the drums and bass get summed to a stereo bus and then the guitars go to another stereo bus. Then there's like the vocals and the synths, they kind of, they kind of share a bus. And then I have another one that's just like my, uh, my mix reverb. Gotcha. So yeah, that all kind of goes and meets in the, in the analog domain and comes back into the interface. Um, where I just kind of bring it in at a good, healthy level and do some finer, final fader adjustments on the final bounce to make sure it's at minus six or whatever it should be when I give it to Howie for mastering. What's uh, synthesis on this that we just heard, like coming out of this track that we heard? Do you remember? On this track? Yeah, I, on guess, this song? I guess that, I guess was that just kind of a little breakdown it's going back in uh yeah so that was all in the mix i mean i'm just i'm just riding the faders in the mix like i'm i do a lot of automation on my tracks and on my buses right on. so i'm not like doing any kind of i'm not i'm not actually physically adjusting faders on the mixer um i just have my level set and i i send it out and um all the automation and stuff that you hear is just kind of that's all just orchestrated in in reaper in the session yeah. let's listen to this i love the way that riff the riff repeats it's like an eighth uh -huh. note behind, or right. the timing gets adjusted. I love that. That was that. Like, this was a. I wrote this as I. I just I, I winged it. Like I truly just winged it. I plugged it in. I had the. I was testing out your park fuzz, Howie. Oh, nice. I, I had it mic'd up. I had it going through the fender, and I was playing with your park fuzz, and I was like. I just did these drum beats. I wonder how the multi-tracking goes. I wonder if the latency is gonna be satisfactory. So I turned it on and hit record. And this song is what happened. So I built <laughs> on it. I built on it from there and I just kind of made it work. Like the part where it fades out in the middle and at the end, that's cause I'm fading out the shit that didn't sound good. <laughs> like the, what that, sense the, are those that what sense were those um uh profit 08 awesome in, okay. in the breakdown that was like that's the pad that's kind of going throughout the yeah. whole song yeah. and then there's uh roads 
okay. um, just kind of playing some stabs. And then at the end, it's uh, Arturia Mini Brute. Okay. <laughs> so, man, I love I was it. I say, he's speaking your language, mate. <laughs> yeah. Um, man, I was going to say, too, just as, as a general thing, what I love about a lot of these songs is like, man, it, they're... they're and I don't say classic, like meaning classic rock, but there's, it's classic, like, you know, it's like you're kicking ass, like in your face, like rock shit, and then it just gets like, spacey. Yeah, kinda yeah. Like, you know, I, that's what I, 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 that's what I'm digging about all these tracks, man. Thanks. Like, yeah. Yeah, I like, uh, like Hawkwind. I like that, that vibe where, you know, it's fucking Lemmy. But yeah. at the same time, there's like a naked woman dancing on stage, and then there's just like some guy twisting knobs on some electronic box, and right. you know, um, I like that kind of damage, like art damaged stoner rock, I guess. So, um, I don't want to interrupt, but uh, shout out to Matt Pluff, our Mars Light drummer, for the drums on this track. Yeah, it was real easy to um, mix his drums. He just, he strikes the drums so authoritatively and consistently. It's just so easy to mix his drums. Yeah, and he's got a killer, and this song is a perfect example, It's a killer kind of bounce, and it, you know, it's not, uh -huh. um, yeah. it's super steady, but it's not machine, it's very human. Uh, and it's so much fun, so much fun to play live with. I'm just playing with him so much because yeah. playing with him is just... All that he's doing with the cymbals and the toms here in the breakdown, like... He's got such a good natural feel for song dynamics, too. You don't have to spend a lot of time explaining shit to him. He just, he just knows how it should go. I didn't even have the toms direct mic on this. I just had. Oh, nice. I just had the overheads, like the Glenn Johns overhead thing going on, and I just cranked up the overheads and gave them a little more, like low mids than I normally would. And like he hits the toms so hard that it sound, it almost sounds like they're close mic, and you can hear the left to right action when he does his tom fills. Like it's all technique. Saxophone. Scott Morris. Yeah. How he uh, did the mic, how he, how he engineered the saxophone tracks. Did you do this in your laundry room? In the laundry room, yep, Royce has been there. Uh, Royce did some vocals for me in the laundry room a little while ago. Is that a synth, like, is that a synth competing with that right there? Yeah, there's uh, an old Roland mono synth, like a single oscillator mono synth. Yeah. Yeah. It's a Roland SH-3A. It's like a late okay. 70s, pretty primitive single oscillator mono synth. Working there. Yeah, it's doing the bleep bloop sounds too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. 
Yeah, it's Sorry. like a sample and hold function yeah. that, that's built into it. How he drummed on this one too. I got to double track shakers. And uh, <laughs> like like anyone's ever been stopping you. Yeah. And and then there's sleigh bells. I try to use I try to use sleigh bells on at least one track on every Dark Satellites record. I I think I've succeeded. You're you're at three for four at a minimum. I think you've succeeded though. I think I I did it on yeah, I, I did it on all four. There's a million, there's like Billy Corgan level guitar overdubs on this song. Well, that's cool because I was trying to channel uh, Matt Cameron sort of with the drums. Yeah, this kind of has uh, like a mid 90s, um, you know, uh, post grunge kind of. Yeah. But also like, I don't know, kind of a David Bowie sort of. Uh, uh, totally, that lead riff there is totally Bowie. Yeah. Do you? Is this a good point to ask about lyric? I mean, do you want to talk about lyrics? And... Yeah, sure. Yeah, so I, I, I guess. Uh, I was talking to Ethan Jones, who did the album art for it, and I told him, like, this album just kind of, the common thread is just a sense of dread and awareness of decay, like a theme of decay. And I think it's just, you know, the, the, my mindset was just kind of like, I'm over a year into this fucking pandemic that seems like it's going to be going on for the rest of our lives sometimes um and it just it just it just has this feeling of just like you're really just down in the shit and you're going to be there for the rest of your life like the previous record was about kind of envisioned the apocalypse as this grand dramatic sort of reckoning with like a, a definite beginning and end. But this one sort of reimagines it as the dust settling and it's like, well, I, I guess we're here now and this is how it's gonna be forever. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's just like the apocalypse as a slow moving kind of, uh, you know, shit show rather than some magnificent uh, hole in the sky, like, yeah, and and just gravity inverts, and you know we just all turn inside out. You know this is just like apocalypse as a grind, and trying to cope with it and live with it, and you know maybe as the dust settles, something better can be rebuilt, and that's kind of. This song is that upshot, that like maybe something better can be rebuilt. It's just kind of like, after the shock and awe of 2020, 2021 for me has just felt like coming to terms with things as they are. 
and kind of shedding the illusion, whatever illusions I was holding on to from my youth, just all the narratives that, because I'm, I'm basically a child of the 90s. And I, so I, I came up at a time when there was just this insane optimism about just the economy and technology. Uh, Francis Fukuyama, fucking yeah. end of history bullshit. Right, right. Like, you know, that's, that's obviously a failed kind of thesis. And I just feel like I'm kind of trying to come to grips with that. And and this song is just, you know, if it feels like things are collapsing on some level, they probably are, and it's probably a good thing, or at least it can be a good thing. Uh, it's just kind of up to us to make it a good thing. I think this guitar solo is another first take. Yeah, I was about to say, man, this song is fucking rocking. Thank you. Royce, how are you? How are you? Yeah, Howie on drums. Yeah. Fuck yeah, Howie. Thanks, man. Royce, how are you feeling? Did you listen to this ahead, or is this your first time? I listened to part of it ahead of time. I didn't hear the whole thing. Okay. No, it sounds brilliant. I mean, like, not only is it extremely creative, but, like, it's sonically, the texture of it, it's all, like, everything feels smooth and perfect to me. I like it. I guess is what I'm saying. Cool. Thank you. What's well, this sort of choir, almost choir-like thing? Uh, that's a pre that's a preset on uh, on my Prophet 08. Oh. There's like a, a uh, what's the uh, Robbie Krieger? Was that the guy that played for the Doors? Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. There's like a Robbie Krieger organ preset. Okay. And <laughs> then I, I ran it I ran it through some pedals. I used uh, I have a stereo nice. analog phaser. It's a Mr. Black Twin Lasers. Okay. It's kind of it's kind of like a kind of like a Mutron biphase, um, where it's it's true stereo. It's got two different phaser circuits, and you can you can get them totally out of phase with each other. Uh, so you get that yeah. intense stereo sure. pulsating effect. Um, and then I I think I also had it going through a uh, Digitech Polara reverb on um what's it called halo mode it's mm. like the uh it's like the octave uh okay. sh shimmer it's their shimmer reverb okay yeah so yeah it just has like a really church like quality yeah and yeah sure that was that. intentional that was intentional that was that was the vibe i wanted no i mean the way that that you were describing the song uh you know uh, as we were discussing it uh, it makes a lot of sense, but uh, man, yeah, that prophet, prophets sound really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love that synth. I that's, yeah, it's just, 
so inspiring. Mm -hmm. it, it, there you, so many things you can do with it. It doesn't have as much mojo as some of the other synths that that are out there, but like if you spend enough time with it, you can mm -hmm. find the, the, the perfect sound for like almost any project you're working on. Yeah, totally agree, man. Yeah, so uh, this, this is a track that also happened on accident as I was just doing line checks. So I had synths and stuff plugged in and it just kind of, you know, I, I did something and decided to build on it. And pretty soon I've got a 10 minute ambient piece to close out the record. <laughs> I feel that. Yeah, I mean, it's really liberating to have like no uh, defined fan base or label or <laughs> any kind of schedule or any accountability whatsoever. So I can take forever to get the mix to sound the way I want it. And I can also do white noise playlist number 69,420 <laughs> to close out my record. I'm somewhat, uh, I haven't uploaded this stuff to Spotify yet. I'm wondering if they're gonna complain <laughs> about the song title. Because <laughs> like white noise playlists are a thing on Spotify. It's like, you know, background music that college kids study to. So yeah, that's okay. like, this is my tongue in cheek um, take on that, I guess. Yeah, we had a terrible time with them and the Mars Light song called Radio Edit. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Any kind of. I had to go back and forth with them a bunch about it. Yeah. Any kind of like meta song titles, they're gonna. It's it's bullshit. Like Spotify has the final veto on like any song title. It no. So sucks. they contact you personally. Like, is it? Is it just that song? Is it like the record? It's on. If it's on a record or what? It was. I guess it wasn't actually Spotify. It was the distributor wouldn't release it to the streaming platforms. And uh, so yeah, I got like an email from tech support that's like, hey, your album can't go through because of this song title. You're a distributor, Harry? Yeah, whatever you call like the middle person between us and Spotify, yeah, right? Like you have to have, it wasn't CD Baby, but you need a CD Baby yeah. or a, right. um, I'm gonna look, I don't remember what we actually ended up with. I use DistroKid. You use uh, you use a different one. Yeah, I was gonna ask like what you use for because you put out Orbital Debris. Right. Right. Uh, we ended up. What's it called when you sub like numbers for letters? There's a name for that. But anyway, the the oh. name the name of the song is R four D one zero E D one T. So it kind of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like a, it's like that Brainiac album. Yeah. <laughs> you use different distributors for different projects, or I've only used one. Um, I don't want to. We can talk about it another time, maybe. I, they've they've been very good overall, but since this is kind of a negative, not negative, but like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ha I'm I'm happy with them. I'm going to continue using them. We can talk about them in a week or two. 
We're, <laughs> and we're calling them them for for now. For now, maybe, yeah. Maybe, 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 maybe always. <laughs> <laughs> I'll uh, I'll come prepared with a with a positive story. Yeah. Uh, next time. These uh, chirpy sounds that you're hearing building are uh, the mini brute. I've uh, I've got a patch uh, dialed in where I kind of had um, I think I had a random arpeggiator going, but I had the I had the brute factor turned all the way up, so the filter was just kind of crackling and distorting. Yeah. And then I was like fading up the level of the white noise oscillator as the song went on. So like, I don't know, the last minute and a half of this of this song is like predominantly white noise. And now that, that like the last sound that you hear on this track is basically the sound that you hear at the beginning of the first track. Very good, very good, very good bookends there. Yeah. <laughs> and tying everything together. I'm a, yeah, I'm a real evil, <laughs> real evil genius. <laughs> I enjoy this though. It's uh, it's kind of stuff I like listening to. Yeah, I um, I like the uh, I like these chaotic moments. I don't I don't like tight songwriterly affairs. Generally, I like the um, damaged kind of things that just sound incorrect. Um, like, I like, uh, I like those unwound songs that end with, like, just three or four minutes of just feedback. So this is, like, my version of just standing there and letting the feedback go on yeah I like it I like that this has become part of Dark Satellites because I mean it's good on its own I like this stuff but it also it puts the songs in a different context so it's not just you know song 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 and I love that can work too right like Be Still the second album is really it's like song 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 and it's it's just like hooks coming at you left and right and that's awesome for that record, but yeah. I like this mode yeah, too. That, that record was a different mindset entirely. Um, so like the Dark Satellites MO is like, I'm just kind of using it as a therapy session to talk about all the things that give me anxiety. And so the first couple records were just all like Obama year albums. So it was like internal sources of anxiety, just being the suburban 
white person that I am. Um, and just things of, as I've become a parent and as our politics and discourse have changed dramatically, uh, it's shifted to more external sources of anxiety. And I'm still trying to write about it. Like I try to write about things I know, which is just how I, so if I write a political song, it's like I write about the thing that I know, which is I write about the feelings that it causes in me. I'm not like gonna write a Zach De La Roca kind of um, political rap song, yeah. but um, yeah, so I don't know. It's gotten a little headier, a little more uh, expansive on purpose. Like I'm trying to stake out more sonic territory as each album goes on just because it's fun and I don't want to ever feel like I'm boxed in. But also, I don't know. That's just where I'm at right now. I'm looking outward. I'm not really trying to summarize my own kind of um, uh, mental problems, I guess. You know, I got two kids. Yeah. I got I got bigger shit to worry about. So, <laughs> yeah. um, for sure. I'm just, I'm just trying to have fun. Yeah, that's a perfect place. I've got a question for you, uh, but listeners, you can hear it next week. We're going to keep recording with Drew. Uh, this has been the Long Play Listening Party, and we'll be back at you with the rest of our conversation next week. Later, everybody.